Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who played his college baseball for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, where he helped the Cornhuskers reach the 2005 College World Series. He helped lead Nebraska to its first College World Series win. He had a 10-2 win-loss record with a 2.81 ERA for the year, and his 2005 stats included five double-digit strikeout games. New York Yankees selected him in the first round of the 2006 Major League Baseball draft. He made his Major League Baseball debut in 2007 as a relief pitcher during the Yankees' run to the postseason. It is a thrill to welcome Justin Lewis, a.k.a. Jabba Chamberlain, to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Jabba. What's going on, guys? Nothing much. So, Justin Lewis is your given name. When and how did you become Jabba? Uh, well, actually, nobody even knew that was my real name until my dad put it in the senior monologue <laughs> uh, my senior year. It was, uh, <laughs> I got it right. I was a few months old. We went back to the reservation so that I could meet my family. And my uncle had just adopted a little girl, and she couldn't say my cousin's name, which was Joshua, and said it's something that sounded like Java. Um, my parents weren't Star Wars fans, so <laughs> I really, honestly, that's what, I wish I had a cooler story, but <laughs> that's kind of it. Seriously, you know, of all the Star Wars characters, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> want to be named after Jabba the Hutt, that's for sure. Yeah, right. I'm like, uh, I've, I've actually, still to this day, I've still never seen a Star Wars. <laughs> really? Wow. Never. Oh, you know what? We'll have to. We're gonna have to buy him the DVD set and send it to him. Uh, you know, DVD set. Seriously, uh, you know, I just. I mean, it's unbelievable to say that I'm dating myself when I mention DVDs, but like, no one even has a DVD player anymore, unless it's on their PS4. He needs a, he needs a Disney Plus subscription. Right, exactly. He might right. have one. Right. Uh, wow. So you're a star at uh, Lincoln Northeast High School, where you're a second team Super State honors from the Lincoln Journal Star, going three and two with a 3.35 ERA, striking out 29 in three point. Uh, 31.1 innings as a senior. What impact did your high school coaches, Bill F- uh, Flagler and, and Doug Clattenberger, have on you? Uh, I think it just, it just from day one, it was always just the passion that they've had for the game and just how you could, you could tell it was, it was something that, you know, they loved to do. It wasn't a job. It wasn't something that, you know, they took lightly. And uh, Coach K was uh, was one of the reasons why I went to uh, Nebraska my sophomore year. He was uh, really good friends with Rob Childress and uh, kind of you know said take a chance and in that. But I think those guys just you know instilled just the routine of you know doing the small things, getting those done, and and just the passion for the game. And I think it just you know as you get older and <laughs> to see those guys that have been doing it for so long, just to see the passion, it, it definitely rubs off on you. Aside from being a star baseball player, you're also involved in two high school musical productions, West Side Story and Footloose. What roles, did, what roles did you have in those productions, and how would you rate yourself as a stage actor? <laughs> um, it was awesome. It was, uh, <laughs> it was definitely something different. It was, uh, it was one of those things my dad said, if, if you do sports, that's one thing, but you have to do something else or you got to get a job. So <laughs> we always loved the music, and I was like, well, that's, that's better than getting a job. So... No, it was uh, Westside. I, I, I love doing musicals, but I hate doing stage makeup. I was always the last one to go because I was just, I had to put the eye stuff on. Just yeah, I was bad. <laughs> which roles? So, did, which yeah. roles did you have in those plays? Um, I was just uh, 
I was a shark in West Side Story, and then in Footloose was just kind of the background. Uh, I think I had I had a dance solo. I think with uh, a, with a girl I grew up with. So it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> So, so now, you know, it's unfortunate for me because now I have that visual of you being a shark in the scene where they're all snapping their fingers and, and crisscrossing <laughs> their feet. It's like, da 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 Oh, yeah. No, we, did, we did it all. And we were actually one of the few schools my senior year because Footloose was still in production, so we had to get permission to even do it. So <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't film or do anything like we did with the previous ones. So, you know, there's, there's, uh, there might be one video evidence of that, that oh. dance solo but i i have no idea where it's at wow. <laughs> it, that instantly had to make you susan wallman's favorite player on the yankees for sure <laughs> oh for sure we definitely talked about it a lot oh that's hysterical all right so we mentioned your success at the college level playing for the cornhusker team that reached the 2005 world series uh that season under mike anderson it went 57 and 15 uh the best in school history many players including alex gordon went on to play pro ball uh, the brother of the Mets, Brandon Nimmo, Bryce Nimmo was on that team. What about that program and Mike allowed that team to be so good? Well, I think if going back, looking at it, it was, I think 80% of our roster was from Nebraska. I mean, our, our weekend staff was Lincoln, Grand Island, and Omaha. And when you go back and, and look at that team, it was it was just a bunch of guys that loved playing the game. I mean, when you go around and your catcher is a kid you played with, you know, growing up, and then Alex and I grew up together, played travel ball together, did all that stuff. So just those relationships, and you've always, you know, you traveled, and so you got to know these guys and, and play against them. So I think it was just the camaraderie. Everybody was one common goal, and we all grew up there. we all seen how close they had gotten, and, you know, we wanted to be that team to – you know, kind of make the next step for, for the program. So you drafted 41st overall by the Yankees in the 2006 Major League Baseball draft. Take us back to draft day and what you remember most about it. Um, well, it was a long day because I just had my son, so I was walking him around my baby Bjorn. <laughs> and so just, you know, the phone calls are going. You're supposed to go here. You might get drafted here. Well, they'll take you at this time. Well, then you just kind of wait. And <laughs> we don't really have – what they have today as far as the draft goes during normal years. So it was kind of just on my phone and walking my son back and forth and then just checking the computer. And then, you know, finally once, once we got the call and the Yankees drafted, then it was kind of a, the media circus of going you know, down to school and doing the interviews with everybody and, you know, just being, you know, obviously excited to be drafted by such a storied franchise. It's interesting because before you even stepped foot in the Yankees' advanced A complex in Tampa, Baseball America had you ranked as the fourth best prospect in the pitching rich Yankee organization, 75th best prospect in Major League Baseball, ranked your fastball as the best in the Yankee farm system. Were you aware of how high of a prospect you were? And when you have that enormous you know, hype behind you, how much is the pressure to live up to that hype? You don't really think about it. I mean, you're just excited you know, to, to be in that position. I mean, it was uh, getting there, going to Tampa, and then they sent me to Hawaii for a couple months with, with Ian Kennedy, Mark Melanson, and, you know, you just kind of get – that's my first introduction into, into pro ball, and, you know, it's not a bad place to spend a winter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, no, I, I think my goal was originally to get to double-A my first year. I thought, you know what, if I can get there, 
that's a great start, and we'll we'll continue to to move forward from there. So, initially, that was my goal, and well, <laughs> that ended up getting there quick, going to the futures game, and then getting called up again, and then I mean, I think I spent less than three months in the minor leagues before I got the call. So, it kind of happened all so fast that I didn't really have time to think about it. Yeah, it is really amazing because you make your climb up that ladder so quickly. July twenty fourth, two thousand seven, you're promoted to Triple A, uh, making your first start the next day, striking out ten in five innings, earning your first Triple A victory, and, and then you, you know you're, you're called up pretty soon after that. Were there any um, managers, whether it be Dave Miley, Tony Franklin, Luis Soho, or any of the Yankees pitching coaches in the minor league system that really helped set the foundation for you to get to the majors so quickly? I think Scott Aldridge. Um... He, I had him in Hawaii and then obviously got to be with him in double-A. He was the double-A pitching coach. And I think it was just something he was, first of all, so easy to talk to. And he could he could get his message across and make me understand it because I'm a very visual person. And so if you tell me to do something, sometimes it's hard. But he was just so good at breaking everything down and just was an unbelievable Pitching coach and a, and a great man, and it just it was it was somebody that I think when I look back on it that uh you know I I'd reach out to him you know if I was struggling and and he would kind of watch some video and and fire back some stuff so I think he's one that definitely comes to mind. Jabba, this is Ryan Sherman. This is actually really so cool for me because as a kid who grew up growing to the Yankee Stadium, uh, we used to be so excited, me and my brothers, to see you play, come out of the pen, or get a start. Um, but what I didn't get as a kid was... Look at Ryan being the fanboy here. I am. <laughs> you know, you know, Mark, though, for, for, I don't do this often, but for me, this is pretty cool. We used to go to the stadium and be excited to see Jabba come out. So for me, what's kind of funny is that I didn't understand the Jabba rules the same way that I did now. So as a kid, you don't understand <laughs> that they're protecting someone. You want to see your best, you know, one of your favorite players play. But so now looking back on it, with a team with so much, you know, established and respected players... Was it somewhat like alienating or just different to be a young player and have this new term, the Java rules, you know, set around you and, and kind of ha- handling you with kid gloves? Well, Ryan, you made me feel really old. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that old. I'm really not. So don't don't well, worry. You're making me feel old. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Java. No, I, honestly, I it, it's you're just so happy to be in the big leagues. I mean, I was 21 years old. And, you know, my dream had come true to get to the pinnacle of where it was, especially with, with the Yankees. And so I didn't, I mean, I didn't really think about it. I mean, shoot, if they'd asked me to fold towels, I'll stay in the big league. <laughs> I'd have done whatever. So I think it was just one of those, the competitive side of you gets a little frustrated because obviously you're succeeding. You want to be out there as much as you can. And, you know, it's just, it was, it was something that we kind of, it was, just pushed right there so it was really the only thing I knew so I didn't I didn't know any different I'd obviously never thrown out of the pen before so I'm trying to watch guys and put cream on and take an Advil or like I didn't know what to do so I'm just trying to watch guys and and do that so when I got up there it was kind of hey this is you throw one inning you're gonna have a day off throw two you're gonna have two days off so it was the only thing I really knew and then as you get older and, and you become a veteran guy you can kind of see you know, the good and bad about it. It's interesting. As you mentioned, you know, August 7, 2007 is when you, the Yankees purchased your contract. Uh, that day in Tampa, bottom of the eighth inning, the call goes down to the bullpen. You get in, and you realize that dream. You're finally in the majors. Do you remember what it was like coming out of that bullpen for the first time and, and walking to a, a major league mound? Well, we were in Toronto, and we actually cleared benches twice that day. Um, so 
so it was it was an interesting first day for me. Um, the uh, the first time wasn't a good look. I was nervous, and I just happened to be in the bathroom when we cleared benches the first time. So I'm coming out, getting ready to go back to the bullpen, and all of a sudden my pitching coach, Nardi Contreras, he goes, you better get out there. And I'm, like, looking at the TV, and I'm like, gosh, this is not the first impression. They run out of the bullpen. Here I am in the bathroom. Now I look like an awful teammate. I'm like, oh, I had some older veteran guys. So that walk back to the bullpen, oh, man, they let me have it for sure. (laughs) It's also interesting because at that time you were one of only three active non-Hispanic Native American players in the major leagues, Uh, the others being Kyle Lotion and Jacoby Ellsbury. Is that something you're proud of, or is it something that you haven't even given it a second thought? No, definitely. I mean, you know, Jacoby and I became good friends, and, and Kyle, and I think it's just it's something that, you know, as, as Natives, we hold close and near dear to our heart. And obviously, to know my family still lives on the reservation, to know that, you know, there's kids out there that, you know, you, if you dream, anything can happen. It doesn't matter where you're from, how you come up, but, you know, if you love what you do and you work hard, anything can happen. And I think, you know, being only three of us, they, it, we... We took it to heart, and we understood what it meant. And, you know, I think it's just one of those things where, obviously, you want to grow grow the game and, and grow it from, you know, every shape, size, color does not matter. You know, but if you dream, you can do it. It's interesting because another bottom of the eighth that has significance that season is in Game 2 of the 2007 ALDS against the Cleveland Indians. You're on the mound, the Yankees leading one nothing. <laughs> Suddenly, out of nowhere, there's a swarm of the small midges. Uh, you're repeatedly sprayed down with insect repellent, which had no deterrent at all on the midges. Made it worse. Yeah, I know you've been asked this probably a million times. A million. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but it's got to be asked. Like, A, what is going through your head with all the craziness, and how difficult is it? First of all, forget about a regular season game, but one nothing in a, such an important game to try and regain your composure and, and, and regain your focus after all that's going on. Well, I mean, I, I came in uh, to get Andy out of the inning in the seventh, and there was, I mean, normal nighttime bugs, nothing crazy. And then coming back out for the eighth, and there's all of a sudden I'm just like, what is going on here? So they come out, they spray, which, as we now know, it did not work. <laughs> um, and so it's just, I mean, it's, it's hard enough in that situation. You know, it's your rookie year, you're in the playoffs, it's a big game, and it's hard enough to get out against these guys. They're the best in the world let alone having a million midges around your face. and You don't really, I mean, you're in the moment, so you're trying to stay focused as much as you can. And I remember having a conversation with Derek after, you know, a few years. I was like, man, why didn't you come come help? He goes, dude, every time I got closer to the mound, they got worse. I was like, oh, man, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> but they, um, I guess when I finally saw it on TV, it, it, yeah, it was bad. And then I was digging them out of my ears and my eyelids and, is at the end of the day, I didn't do my job. That was the most frustrating part of the damn bugs. That's crazy. I, I never forget watching that game. It's like you just couldn't believe it. What was the takeaway from that one season you got to play for Joe Torre? Well, just, I mean, just a, a great man. I mean, obviously an unbelievable name in the game of baseball. Uh, and I think it was just you get to play for hopefully long enough to play for some really good managers, and I was fortunate enough to play for for long enough to have some really good managers, most of them which were catchers, but um, it, it just the way he went about his business was just so methodical. But there was always a method to the madness, and it's just you know it was 
awesome to be able to say, you know, he played for him in old Yankee Stadium and, and just the story history that he has as a player and a manager. So um, it was awesome. It was one of those things as a baseball fan, <laughs> you never think you're going to be able to play for a man like that. And, you know, that's your first manager. So it, it's really cool. The following season under Joe Girardi, you make the transition from reliever to starter. Of the 385 games you've appeared in the majors, 43 of them have been as a, a starter. Which of those two roles did you enjoy the most at the major league level and why? Uh, I loved them both. I mean, the one aspect of being a reliever is you feel like you can help win every day. And as a starter, you know, it's routine-driven. It's You know you're going to go out there every fifth day and give it everything you got. And... You know, I was always told that the day you pitch should be the easiest day that you have. So, you know, just always kind of took that to heart. And I just, you know, there's both of them were awesome. I mean, such different adrenaline rushes. And, you know, I loved both of them. I, I loved being able to help us win every day. And then, you know, as a starter, being able to leave it out there for, for everything you got. Because, you know, you got four more days before you get to do it again. So I loved both aspects of, of them for, for different reasons. 2009, you're part of the Yankees World Series win over the Phillies to get in three games. How did that postseason experience differ from that of 2007? And do you remember where you were sitting when Mariano gets Shane Victorino to ground out to Robbie Cano for the final out, making you a world champ? Yeah, we. Uh, I think it was just, it was a different feel. I mean, 07, I mean, it, these guys have already won. They know what they're doing. Like, But then you get 09, it's a new stadium. You know, new beginnings. We make a bunch of free agent deals. And so, a little bit different buzz. And it was just something that felt right. I mean, just when we started getting the walk-off wins, you, you could kind of feel it. There was a vibe about, like, this This is special. This team's really, really good. So, but honestly, <laughs> I don't even – I remember trying to get to record the last out, but I just ran. And I was at the bottom of the stairs, and I was just hoping I didn't get – punched in the head by a swinging fist celebrating so but his yeah i don't really remember much it just kind of all happened so fast and you run out on the pile to, to celebrate it was uh it's definitely a cool moment so you also get to spend parts of seven seasons in the bullpen with probably the greatest closer of all time mariano rivera what were some of the things you saw close up on a day-to-day basis that you know sets him apart from so you know from everybody else in, in that particular role it's it just his routine. Like, it didn't matter if it was a boat race. It, it, he did the same thing. He grabbed his ball. He stretched. He did his stuff. And there was always something that he told me. He goes, remember, you get eight pitches to warm up when you get in the game. He goes, so save some here because you don't need to let it all out here. you got to go in the game. So it didn't matter. He never panicked. He never, like, okay, hey, you got the next hitter. Did not matter. He still went out, grabbed his ball did his stuff, and got his pitches in. It never, there was never a panic. There was never a sense of, there was always a sense of urgency, but not in the, in the urgent, like, hey, I need to hurry up and get this going. So I, I think it's just the way he was able to always stay calm no matter what situation. As a pitcher, you know, who has multiple, you know, weapons in, in his arsenal, you yourself, when you look at Mariano and, and, you know, he's got that one pitch and everyone knows it's coming and they can hit it. You know, I have to imagine as other pitchers, you you have to envy that. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's not that easy. <laughs> I mean, he made it look easy. But the crazy thing is he always had that little hiccup during the year where he would blow one or two saves and everybody would lose their minds. Like, oh, he's done, whatever. <laughs> and he would always throw a flag around. So I remember 
one time where he asked me to stand in, and Harky's catching and he's throwing. And you see it on TV, but until you actually stand in the box and see what that pitch does, it's incredible. It's like it literally gets to you, says, hold on, I'm going to go ahead and take a left. Like it's just it's unbelievable. Like it's like a bug like, bunny curve. It was like, oh, it was unbelievable. Like you're playing Xbox, or PlayStation. It was it was it's crazy. And you know just to to watch him and be able to play catch with him, and then actually, you know, just be in the box. Even though it's a flat ground, it's not like he's really going 100. percent But you know when you actually get to see it, it's incredible. And everybody tries to to do it. Some are good. Some aren't. I'll never forget when they uh, when they got all over him for uh, at the All Star game when he was showing Doc how to do it, and I'm like, oh man, Doc's already good enough. Don't let him get another weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, lastly, what are you up to these days? I've seen you a couple times on uh, Major League Baseball Network. I think you're fantastic. Uh, will we see more of you there? And where can people keep up with you on social media? Hopefully, man. You know, it's just one of those things. With I don't know if normal's ever been a word, but it's definitely not going normal these days and it's you know just adjusting you know we're finally started school here my son's a freshman in high school now so um so it's kind of just adjusting to the times and you know just enjoying every day that we get i mean times are crazy and a lot of things going on so just be thankful for for what you got and just uh keep going and grinding and and having fun and telling the people that you that you love and, and and go from there so i think it's just one of those where it's just you take it day by day and, and continue to uh, to move forward. So we're, we're kind of even now, Jabba, because Ryan made you feel old. The fact that your son is now in high school <laughs> just made me feel I mean, I am old, so it's, you know, I am old, so, but now you've made me feel it. But uh, I'm sorry about that, Jabba. <laughs> oh, that's, hey, I'll uh, get you back one day. Uh, right. Thanks so much. The only thing that could have been better is if, like, we got you to sing, like, Office of Krupke. That would be the only thing that would have uh, made this interview better, but we appreciate your time tonight. Maybe next time. <laughs> you got it. Thanks so much, Jabba. Right, Have a great night, man. Jabba well. Chamberlain, 2009 World Series champion.